Counting down in Spanish, are we today? How about that? As we get ready for Stand and Deliver. Welcome to the latest episode of Stand and Deliver, otherwise known as Citizens for Free Speech Podcasting. That's who we are. That's what we do. My name is Bob France, National Communications Director for CFFS, joined by... And I'm Patrick Wood, Director and uh, Founder of Citizens for Free Speech. And I'll tell you what, just when you think it can't get any worse, ha <laughs> ha, Bob. I know you're going to you're going to take this story and just I I heard your first reaction when I showed it to you. It's like <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you, let's just open up with it. Well, you know what, Patrick and and everybody, uh, listen. It <laughs> If you are even a moderate believer in the First Amendment, a moderate believer in the Bill of Rights, a moderate believer in freedom, liberty, and that upon which the United States was built, then you have to believe that you don't need anyone else speaking for you, clarifying what you say, um, providing context for what you say, ultimately changing what you say. Now, in the pre-social media world, um, that really wasn't a problem. You said what you wanted to say in personal and private conversations. Maybe you wrote a letter to the editor, and the editor might edit it for length. I, I know that I'll say the, they'll say that still even today in the few remaining newspapers that are left out there because of the complete bias of um, of most of the of the big city newspapers. But at any rate, they say you know editor reserves the right to abbreviate. Um, you know, letters to the editor for content, or they'll tell you no more than 300 words or what have you. That, that's how things used to be. But you spoke for yourself, and that's how it ran, or that's how it was heard, and that's how, how it was received. But in the social media world, in the digital media world, in which so many people communicate so much more so now that they don't even have the ability, Patrick, to, to carry on face-to-face -face conversations, or at least not meaningful ones, knowing how to engage in dialogue and civil discussion, disagreement, or debate, or what have you. In this world, um, they want to literally change what you are saying until it meets a narrative with which they are satisfied. And who is they? The big government, big tech, big government, colluding and conspiring to limit what you can say, limit who can hear it, and providing context for it. That's the latest on this uh, governance, or excuse me, disinformation governance board that was announced about a week and a half ago, created by the Biden administration through the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security and Alejandro, Alejandro Mayorkas, who got to pick the head of this disinformation governance board. And that head that he picked was a woman by the name of Nina Jankowitz. And I have been discussing this on my radio program for the last week and a half at various points. We talked about it on the last episode of Stand and Deliver 2. But Patrick, you just turned me on to the latest of this, which is just, I, I, I feel like I've got cartoon smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> the disinformation czar, Nina Jankowitz, according to the story, has declared that she wants her office, her board, her organization, the Disinformation Governance Board, to have edit capabilities for people's tweets and public uh, social media comments. They want to be able to have editing capability 
and and uh, 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 preference, if you will, that before they let something go out there for public consumption, that they get to tweak it, change it, or add context to it as they see fit. Um, I'll just read this, Pat, and, then I, and I'll yeah. let you respond to it a little bit here. So, <laughs> Biden disinformations are Nina Jankowicz demands that, quote, trustworthy, verified people like her, that'll come into play in a moment, be given the power to edit other people's tweets, making Twitter more like Wikipedia. Asserting that she was eligible for it because she's verified, she um, bemoaned the fact that there are people on Twitter with different opinions to her that also have the verification blue check mark that shouldn't be verified because they're not trustworthy. In her point of view, from, from her vantage point, she doesn't trust them, ergo they are not trustworthy to anybody. She's going to be the decider on who and what is trustworthy. Quote, so verified people can essentially start to edit Twitter the same sort of way that Wikipedia is, so can, they can add context to certain tweets. She then provided an example, which she claimed was non-political, of President Trump tweeting about voter fraud. She said someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits that went through the court or something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state and his news conference, something like that, said Jankowitz. So in other words, Donald Trump can tweet or somebody can tweet about something like voter fraud. And if they don't like that tweet, they can tag on to it something that somebody else said refuting the point that was made rather than letting a discerning public of, of users, readers, visitors to the site to decide for themselves and say, hey, that sounds great, or I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think I'll look it up. She wants to essentially eliminate the middleman there and go straight to the, I'll tell you what's true and what's not true. Or me and my fellow very, very, very left-wing fellow blue check markers who are verified, we will tell you what's true and what's not true, what you can read and what you can't read. And, Pat, this is way different than just the algorithms they had written before to shadow ban people or limit their reach. This is literally going in and editing their words or adding words to change their context. Yes. It is It is a full-out frontal assault on everything that free speech is. It really is. And the noteworthy thing here is that um, while we, if people don't understand how Wikipedia works, you can go in and put in an article on Wikipedia. You're not limited. You can go in and create an account, and you can edit something and put in an article on yourself, maybe a bio or some, something else. Somebody else can come along and get a hold of your story and change it right on the spot. And so you have this mass editing capability going on in, in, in Wikipedia, which basically has rendered, rendered it a big pile of junk <laughs> it's like it's it's with just meaningless and void by and large that's what they want to do with twitter and i expect other uh social media platforms as well these people oh. apparently were scared to death of elon musk by the way i've seen this multiple times where they're deathly deathly afraid that elon musk is going to take over the platform and that he's going to restore free speech now i don't have any idea if that's true or not but i do know that these people are scared to death this is their preemptive strike to say we will have editorial review and editorial possibilities and we will change the context as, as it suits us. This is just outrageous in America, egregious, outrageous. I don't know any other word to use, the adjective, over the top. And already <clears throat> there are attorneys general 
across uh, the country that are jumping to the fore. They're saying, not on our watch. We're going to sue the daylights out of you. And you know what? There's a good chance that they will prevail. That's just for the existence of the board, right? Just for the existence of the government's right. board. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna file lawsuits to stop them from having any power whatsoever, as yes. I understand it. That's exactly right. And this board needs to be dismantled. This never should have been done in the first place. It, um, it should be immediately dismantled. Of course, Biden has dug his heels in. The Department of Homeland Security dug their heels in. And you have to ask, okay, so who are the fact checkers that are going to be fact checking all these tweets and stuff that uh, that the various personnel will be, you know, looking at to correct the data, you know, correct the tweets? Well, they'll be looking at all of the standard fact checkers that are being used by uh, by Facebook and Twitter right now. They're all over the world, and they, you know, they come out with these uh, outrageous statements that what you said is untrue. And then you have the um, <clears throat> the SPLC as well which already has a, 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 a foothold into all these social media platforms where they are feeding them with what they say is disinformation. But it's vitriol, it's hatred. Um, so there's no good source of information whatsoever being made available to these people. They're just well, going to do it. Well, a couple of couple of follow-ups there um, that are very, very important. First of all, it's great that you compared it to Wikipedia because the reality is because Wikipedia is essentially user-generated content. Anybody can go in and add anything to any subject, any person, any topic, any film, any whatever that they want, and write what they want. Um, it, it literally should be wiped out by this newly created disinformation governance board because Wikipedia is filled with disinformation because it cannot be factually verified. The users can put in whatever, whatever they want. I'll tell you a little true story here, Patrick. I used to have a Wikipedia page. I didn't make it, but once I found out it was there and I started reading some of the trash contained in it, I kept, as a user, deleting it, deleting it all, deleting the existence of the account. Because people, you know, when you're in my line of work, and I've been doing talk radio for 25 years, you develop a lot of haters. You have a lot of people who love every word that you say and other people who cannot stand any word that you say. And these are the people that go on and try to trash you online. Used to be on message boards back in the early days of the Internet, right? Um, Or in email chains. And then, of course, the development of social media and, yes, Wikipedia. So people would add all kinds of things. To my knowledge, and I haven't checked for quite some time. I'll have to look to make sure nobody else has put a Wikipedia page up there with my name on it. But it is totally 100% 100% disinformation, and since there's no way to verify it or not, if there was truly a, a, a nonpartisan uh, disinformation governance board being created by the federal government like this, it would just scrap Wikipedia altogether. But they're not going to do that. Second response or second follow-up to something that you just said, who are going to be the fact-checkers? Who are going to be the ones that are verified blue check marks on Twitter and, you know, their companion websites and so forth yeah, that, are, that are social media platforms? Because I think every single one of them should have to apply their name to any edit, tag, or add-on, or context uh, that they are providing. In other words, if Donald Trump says the election was stolen for me in 2020... And then context is added to that by someone else. It should say, Nina Jankowitz says, quote, or dot, dot, colon. And then this is what she says. So that the people can understand, oh, well, this is the very biased, 
partisan lunatic who is trying to tell me what to believe and what not to believe. They ought to have their name on it, and that name should be uh, should be in blue with an underline as a hyperlink right to their feedback uh, or comment or direct message window so that people can say, this is what I think of your add-on or edit to some other private citizen's text, or excuse me, tweet or comment. They should have to put names to their comments. So that's number that's number two. And number three, to give you one example, and Patrick, this was in the link that you showed me before we uh, came on for uh, Stand and Deliver today. It's pretty unbelievable, but here it is. As previously highlighted, Nina Jankowitz, the czar of this new disinformation governance board, uh, was handed the role of overseeing Biden's Ministry of, Ministry of Truth, despite revealing that free speech makes her shudder, free speech makes her shudder, while also promoting the lie that the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we talked about, was Russian disinformation. So the disinformation expert says something that has now been verified and corroborated even by people on that side of the political spectrum, Washington Post, New York Times, and others, a year and a half late, but they are saying, yeah, it's real, it's true, the information on it is verified. She declared that it was not true, that it was disinformation. And then here's the money line. Jankowitz also ludicrously cited Christopher Steele as an expert on disinformation. Christopher Steele, for those who don't realize, most do, was the author of the infamous Clinton campaign-funded Trump dossier that turned out to be an actual product of disinformation. The Steele dossier was used to get warrants to spy on the Trump campaign, not just the campaign, but even after the campaign was over and the election was won and President Trump had taken office, they were still spying on the Trump presidency all based on disinformation created by the Steele dossier. And Patrick, if this disinformation government board gets its way, and Nina Jankowitz is allowed to, to appoint verified left-wing blue check mark verifiers who can edit and add to tweets, one of them that she chooses could well be Christopher Steele. That's right. The guy the guy behind us. Think about the <clears throat> just just think about that concept. Go ahead. Yep, I know. It very well could be, or somebody like him. And there's right. plenty of people that are bought into this whole disinformation uh, meme in Washington D.C. They want to kill any narrative that uh, doesn't doesn't fit their agenda. It doesn't matter what it is. They want to kill everything anywhere, you know, completely. Uh, Stifle dissent. <clears throat> that's right. And so, you know, getting total censorship capability over like Twitter. It's just inconceivable, absolutely inconceivable. It's not the only one. We shouldn't just pick on Twitter. This is going to apply to all of the major social media platforms, not just Twitter. But Twitter's easy to pick on. Well, because... you're right. You're right. But in the story, she identified, yes, or they identified right. Twitter as something. That's and right. it's probably because, as you mentioned, Elon Musk yes. is going to try to re return free speech to Twitter. That's right. They want, you know, basically what they're saying is that since the Twitter moderators will no longer suppress and uh, uh, and uh, silence the dissent. Yep. Since they won't do it anymore because Elon Musk is taking over, then we'll do it from our role as the government overseeing it. Yep, exactly. Say, hey, listen, let me make a plug for CFFS. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not yet a member of Citizens for Free Speech, you need to get there and become a member so you can work with us and we can work with you to put a stop to this kind of nonsense. It's up to we, the people, to do this. And 
You can text uh, the letters CFFS to 313131, and that will get you a link back immediately. You can sign up on your phone. Or, is that my cue? That's right. Um, Here it is. <clears throat> or, that's right, CFFS to 313131. Or you can go to citizensforfreespeech.org, and you can sign up there. We have just a, a number of useful things for you to, tools for you to use um, in the defense of free speech. And I say, I'll, I'll tell you, time is of the essence. I have never been so alarmed over free speech and the disappearance of it than I am right now. And I've had periods in, you know, in the last several years where I was pretty alarmed. This is over the top, and they mean for it to stick. That's the scariest part. They, they're dead serious about this. They really want to make it stick. I don't know if they can. I, you know, I don't know if it'll stand up in a court challenge. Probably not. But in the meantime, it throws a complete monkey wrench into the whole free speech arena, just confusing the whole mess. And we just can't have. We just cannot have this. Just we need to stop it. Stop it now. Well. I don't want to add to your angst. Uh, I share your, your concern, obviously, Pat. Uh, but let me give you some of the bad news here then and share this with our stand and deliver audience. Yes. And by the way, as Pat just gave a pitch for CFFS and joining us, I want to give a pitch for spreading uh, the word about stand and deliver. Yes. If you find value in what you are hearing each week from us, and we, we drop a new episode of Stand and Deliver every Friday at noon Eastern time, 9 o'clock Pacific time. If you find value in it, if there's information that maybe you didn't know that now you do and you think other people should know, please share the link once you get it on Fridays at noon or just send the link generally so people can check on their own. But share this with other uh, people who are concerned. I don't care if they're like-minded or not. If there's facts here that we are yes. presenting and information that need to be shared, please do it. It's kind of it's kind of how we're all in this together, right? Absolutely. And, and I have to say free speech belongs to everyone. It's not just, uh, you know, left versus right. It belongs to every one of us. And yep, that's what, exactly that right. That is what has made America great in the first place over the over the decades and well, for the last 200 years is free speech. <clears throat> and, well, and that's the that, that's the most frustrating thing about this battle that we're in about the social media side of things. You know, I mean, <laughs> The, the 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 fans of the way Twitter used to be run, or it really is still being run because Elon Musk hasn't taken over and instituted his own controls yet, but they love the fact that people who disagreed that with them could be censored, silenced, suppressed, shadow banned, or outright banned, or had their accounts stripped, like President Trump. They love that. And then when Elon Musk, you know, was announced that the sale was was going through, they were just completely terrified that the reverse was going to be true. And Patrick, you know this as well as I do. Nothing could be further from the truth. The The goal of First Amendment lovers isn't to say, ha, now it's our turn to be on top. We're going to shadow ban you. We're going to censor you. Not at all. It is we want you to be heard. It's just that we want to be heard at the same time and let everybody be heard and let people make up their own decisions on what they believe, what they don't, what they want to dig a little bit more into and do their own research on and so forth. The, the conservative point of view much more so than the far left point of view is let everyone speak. Let everyone have a voice. That is what being a constitutional uh, person means, is belie believing in the Constitution, the First Amendment in particular, and letting it be carried out. So mm. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, what we're advocating for is a social media realm 
in which people who are more conservative minded get to speak and people who are less conservative minded or more, you know, leftist minded, they don't get to speak. Not at all. The idea is that everybody gets to propagate their own ideas, to share them, spread them with the, uh, you know, with whatever reach they have, and then let the people decide for themselves. Exactly. And, and, and I might. We can't say it. We can't say it often enough. Exactly. I might add to this, too, that one FCC commissioner, uh, Brennan Carr, uh, who happens to be a Republican, by the way, but there's a mix on the FCC board. Uh, he came out and flat out called it Orwellian and unconstitutional. <clears throat> flat out. No, no equivocation whatsoever. This was good. People are standing up within the government to condemn this action. <clears throat> and another thing that's interesting, this is just another story that kind of came out along with this. The, the headline is the Biden Disinformation Board gives ammunition to court action on big tech censorship, Louisiana AG Attorney General says. So this may all backfire in the end on on Biden and the Biden campaign. If they don't pull it in and straighten it out quickly, this whole thing could blow up in their face and just destroy whatever chances are left in the midterms to get any you know to, to make any advances. Just totally destroy it. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting, <clears throat> but um, these uh, uh, the AG so far I think there's three or four that are on board with uh, you know like they've made a verbal commitment to it. They can't get it ready quite that quick, but my guess is before it's done, there will be twenty or thirty AGs banded together uh, in a class action suit, and I think it will have a lot of clout, honestly. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, um, I wonder why stop at 20 or 30. If you really, truly are a believer in the law, and an attorney general in any state is the top cop of that state. Yep. They're, the, they're the final authority on law. If I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican attorney general. If you do believe in the law, and if you do believe in the equal application of the law, then you will indeed be stepping up and joining any kind of a class action or any kind of a uh, an organized uh, rebuttal or pushback against this board because it simply cannot be done in a neutral and partisan, bipartisan or nonpartisan way. It just simply can't be. Every AG should step up on that. Yes, absolutely. Patrick, l- let me uh, let me go a little further. You mentioned Bre- Brandon Carr, who's uh, one of the Republicans on the FCC commission. Uh, what he said, uh, you, you mentioned that he is calling this Orwellian, calling it un-American, calling it unconstitutional. He was on Mornings with Maria, this is uh, earlier this week, and he provided an example of what the disinformation board uh, is capable of doing and why it should be shut down. He gave an example. He said there's a broader game afoot, quote, you have White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki from the White House podium saying they are coordinating with big tech to take down posts and flag posts for them. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas announced during testimony last month that this board would be created, the goal bringing to bring the resource, the goal being to bring the resources of DHS together to address this threat. Um, Patrick, what Brendan Carr, one of the FCC commissioners, said there should be enough. I mean, honestly, he gave one example in one interview. And that single example should be enough to kill this board immediately. The, the, the White House press secretary, the voice of the president when the president isn't there, the mouthpiece of the president, literally acknowledged that the White House is coordinating with big tech 
which means the Zuckerbergs of the world and so forth, to literally decide what speech can be uh, allowed to be seen and what can't. What will be flagged for removal? What will be flagged for uh, suspension and censorship, etc.? cetera? Um, that's, Patrick, and I know I don't need to say this to you, but just so everybody understands, what a lot of people say is, well, you don't understand what the First Amendment is all about. That just says the government can't shut you up. Different private organizations can do whatever they want. Well, now we are crossing into the realm, Jen Psaki admitting, this is the government. The government telling the social media platforms what they should and should not allow, coordinating, working with them. And now that this Nina Jankowitz-led uh, disinformation governance board has been created, the government is going to have its handprints, its fingerprints all over what people can say and what can be heard by mass audiences through uh, the technology of, of social media. Now, Patrick, we are... We are so far past this whole, well, it's private business versus government uh, order. Now we're into government order here, telling people what they can and cannot say. We really are. This is, this is totally mean-spirited, has nothing to do with rationality whatsoever. It's just flat-out mean-spirited, designed to kill free speech in America. I've said this a lot of times before, but what we're dealing with today is the censorship of free speech is the only thing that we have, it's the only frontier of free speech is that we can counter what's going on in our world. If we lose free speech, it's over. This is what happened in Nazi Germany. There came a time when there was no more free speech. You could not talk or you'd be taken away by the goons and maybe never come back. And, you know, this is, this is where this is kind of headed. It's so mean-spirited. It has nothing to do with the law whatsoever. It's a takeover. And I've said more than a couple of times in my speeches recently on the, the Crimes Against Humanity Tour <clears throat> that this whole assault that we have against our nation right now, the health assault and the, the censorship assault and so on, um, this is designed to take our country down. The best defense against any of these ideas is to never, ever shut up. And I want to make this really clear to all the listeners that are listening to us today. Don't ever shut your mouth because when you do you may be in jeopardy of being taken out you know taken over taken out and you know wiped out of the ethosphere so don't shut up don't stop talking keep repeating whatever it is you believe and i would say well i kind of hope you believe some good things but you know what whatever is in your mind you need to keep speaking it yeah, I completely concur, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick. And um, two other quick notes, actually three other quick notes, because we've got about four or five minutes left here, and I want to get these in. And I know you're a little bit under the weather here, so I apologize for uh, dominating this uh, this conversation. But I want to get these out while I can. First of all, I kind of started to allude to some bad news a few minutes ago about all of this attempt to stop this board. Last week, we talked about uh, certain members of the Republican Congress or Republican members of the Congress had introduced a bill to defund this governance board, this disinformation governance board, for all the right reasons that we just talked yes. about, including the FCC Commissioner Brennan Carr. Uh, that was uh, that was last week on Tuesday, I believe it was uh, this week. Yep. We found out that that has been crushed. Uh, the Democrats rejected the bill. They offered, yeah, Tuesday Republicans yep. offered the bill to abolish this Ministry of Truth. House Democrats rejected the bill. They are completely all on board with totalitarianism at this particular point in time. So that's the bad news. The other thing I wanted to say, Patrick, 
is I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the protests that are going on outside of Supreme Court justices' homes yes. in response to this leaked uh, draft opinion from the Supreme Court. Because I have already had people say to me, because I talk about CFFS on the radio all the time. I talk about free speech all the time. I talk about the freedom to assemble and so right. on and so forth. And so people have said to me, you hypocrite, how come you're telling these protesters who believe in, you know, abortion rights and Roe versus Wade, et cetera, et cetera, not to, to, to do their protests. They're being peaceful. And so I feel the need to respond to that on the CFFS platform here at Stand and Deliver. I think that I'm glad I'm glad the protests have been peaceful. I still want them stopped immediately yes. by law enforcement. Why? Because of the law. And people who don't understand this need to understand this. It is a violation of federal law for anyone to picket, parade, protest, harass, or intimidate outside the building where someone works or lives if they are party to a legal matter. That means judges, jurors, witnesses, attorneys. They cannot be targeted for protest, intimidation, and harassment in order to attempt to influence them to rule a certain way on a jury or to make a decision as a judge or in the case of a Supreme Court justice to cast a vote uh, that, that will have a monumental impact on American society. You can't do it. That is just 100 percent against the law. 18 U.S. Code number 1507. And Patrick, they couldn't send the blue windbreakers fast enough to the homes of parents that they decided were harassing school board members, but they won't send anybody, the Attorney General won't send anybody in the DOJ to protect the homes of these uh, Supreme Court justices yes. that have been set upon by these you know, radical protesters. So I'm glad they're not throwing bricks at the houses. Ooh, good for yep. you. That's a pretty low bar. Yep. How about you follow the law and stay away from their homes? You're not allowed to be there by federal law. So that is the viewpoint, at least my viewpoint, as a representative <clears throat> of Citizens for Free Speech. Freedom of assembly is, is very much protected. Yes, it does have to be peaceable. It also has to be in locations that are allowed by yes. law. And that is not allowed by law. Yes. And in particular, that is the Supreme Court. There's other instances where that law can be applied. But in particular, that has to do with the justice system. You leave the justices alone. You just don't mess with them. Pro or con. And as soon as the people showed up at the houses of judges uh, to uh, begin a protest, I don't care who they were, Republican, conservative, Democrat, liberal, it doesn't matter, left-wing, a thief, it doesn't right. matter. The buses should have been sent out, wrapped them all up and put them in a bus and carted them off to jail saying, you're under arrest for breaking federal law, period, and a subject. Two busloads, that's all it would take to stop the whole thing. <laughs> Just, You're right. Just two busloads of people being arrested and say, gee, maybe that's a bad idea that, you know, we should kind of follow the law here. You know, what a novel idea, right? <laughs> well, and you know what, Patrick, too, just because, you know, this seems to be a popular buzzword. Um, if you really want to truly look up the definition of insurrection, that is insurrection, an attempt to intimidate and thus essentially destroy of one of the three branches of government, they're trying to destroy the judiciary, trying to intimidate the judiciary into not doing their jobs as dictated by the Constitution. If, if that's not an assault on government, i.e. an insurrection, I don't know what is. So as, they, as long as they want to throw that word around, let's use it in, in its proper context. I fully agree. And so, I think with that, we can close out this session of Stand and Deliver. Folks, we <clears> need to stand and deliver. There's just no time to, to mess with this anymore. 
you need to take a stand in your community, right where you right where you are. Get a hold of your local politicians, your your local representatives, whatever, and get to know them, uh, interact with them, uh, let your ideas and your uh, your thoughts be known to them, and don't wait. Just do it now. This is all part of stand and deliver, and now it's your turn. Well, and you know what, Patrick, if I may, um, I want to make a quick shout-out to Ohio uh, CFFS members uh, who are part of uh, you know the stand and deliver audience, too. We want to invite you. Thursday the 19th, so this coming Thursday the 19th, we will be having our next Ohio webinar, CFFS Ohio chapter webinar. <laughs> and if you would like to be a part of it as we talk about talk about social media since we're talking about those platforms, our own uh, personal proprietary uh, uh, platform called Local Activist, we were, are going to be giving a training session at our webinar on Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So Ohio residents, please join us for that. Just go to citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Follow the prompts to the registration for the webinar. We would love to talk to you Thursday night about how you can interact and organize uh, as an activist on local activist. That's right. And I don't want to. I don't want to hear any more from anybody. I don't know how to meet people in my community. I don't want to hear that anymore. We've got ways for you to meet people. So show up and start meeting people. That's a great idea. Okay. Well, that's, that's enough what for now, Bob. And delivering is all about. That's exactly Amen right. I'm that. Patrick Wood for Citizens for, for, for Free Speech. Get my tongue tangled. We've had a great message this time, and I, you know, I hope we just can continue with this. And I hope it doesn't get any worse. But, hey, if it does, we will be here to bring you the news. That's what we're all about. Amen. We'll see you next time on Stand Up. Thanks, everyone.